Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell, and today, duly in time with the holiday season, we have an incredible episode all about managing stress. So although the title says holiday stress for this one, this is really an amazing episode for any time that you are experiencing stress or anxiety. These tips and trips are totally applicable throughout the year, but If you're feeling a little overwhelmed, if you're feeling like the winter blues, then this podcast episode is for you. So today on the podcast, I am joined by Emma Ibbotson. Emma is a registered practical nurse turned yoga teacher, Reiki practitioner, and small business owner. She's a mental health advocate and is passionate about helping others regain wellness in their life. On this episode, we talk about her journey being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, breaking the stigma around mental health, and chronic pain and stress from a holistic approach. We also discuss recognizing the signs you may not be managing stress in a healthy way and things you can do right now to feel good and be happy. Emma gives a lot of great tangible tips. I will give you a heads up and let you know that the audio at one point throughout this podcast does kind of go a little wonky, but this was a really amazing podcast and Emma shared a lot of great tips that I didn't want you to miss out on. I didn't want to re-record, so just a little heads up (laughs) that the audio does drop a little bit at some point throughout this podcast, but it's still a really great episode. So before we dive into the episode with Emma and she gives you her incredible tips, I wanted to give you a little tip myself. So don't forget to meditate with me on the Insight Timer app. You can find my guided meditations there and I will make sure that that is, that is linked in the show notes as well. So far, and I plan to keep adding to this meditation app, you can find my deep healing meditation my mini stress relief practice meditation, my guided meditation for peace, guided meditation to tap into your creativity, loving kindness, and my guided meditation for accepting change. So if meditation has been something that you want to get more in the habit of doing, maybe it's on your vision board for 2021, then make sure that you Follow along with me, come meditate with me and 18 million others by using the Insight Timer app, and I will make sure that that is linked in the show notes for you. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by my YouTube channel. Join me by practicing yoga in the comfort of your home. Make sure that you use the link in the show notes to join and subscribe to my YouTube channel today. Now, with that being said, please welcome Emma Ibbotson to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Emma. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. Amazing. So before we dive into your story and we have some fun stress relieving stuff for our audience, 
can you give a little background of who you are, what you do for a living, and where in the world you are currently joining us from? So I am just outside Toronto in Durham region. I grew up here my entire life and I move around within it, but I've always been here. I'm not a big city girl, but I'm not a out in the country girl. I'm very happy to be a suburb girl. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. It's um, right now. Some of the listeners know I'm like, I call it like way out in the boonies. <laughs> my, my parents moved out east towards Brighton and we're in this position of need, wanting to buy a house like my husband and I, but like just, we didn't want to rent again for another year because we wanted to own within that time. But it's like, we're like way out. And I grew up, funny enough, we were just talking before this podcast recorded that your dad was my grade seven teacher, which is just like blowing my mind. It's such That's a small crazy world. To me. I know. So we both grew up in Durham region. I grew up in Pickering. And I was originally in Ajax. Okay. Okay. So any of our listeners that are local to the area know. So he was a, a Gandhi teacher. So if anyone's from Gandhi, listening. (laughs) This is so exciting. So what is it that you do now for a living? Because I know you went from a from one career to another and I want everybody to know what this transition was like. Yeah, so I went through school and I'm actually a registered practical nurse, but I decided to kind of start into the wellness industry, the holistic industry. And so I started a small business And what I do is I do, I really focus on chronic stress and chronic pain management from a holistic perspective while still valuing and incorporating like the Western medicine. And so I'm certified in things like Reiki and Indian head massage. And I'm actually working towards a certification in reflexology right now. Awesome. Awesome. And like, that's, To me, I can definitely see the transition, but for anyone who's listening, like what made you decide to go this route as opposed to going down the nursing route? So I actually became a registered yoga teacher last year. Was it already or was it? Can't remember, (laughs) but finding yoga, I found yoga in high school and I was absolutely obsessed Um, I think for my mental health at the time and just for everything, it was uh, opened a whole new world, a whole new community. And so I finally took the plunge after finishing nursing school. And I was like, I really, I've always wanted to do this. This is kind of my calling. And I found as I entered the yoga world, I started to find other things that really spoke to me and that I love what I do in a nursing perspective, but I want to be able to bring that same level of care to big picture. Cause I feel like so often in Western medicine, we're focusing on just one or two things and not really valuing a person as a person and on all aspects of what they're dealing with. Oh, that's so good. And it's so, it's something I relate to so much before I became a yoga teacher and it was 2018. It's crazy to think that in the next few weeks, it's going to be like three years ago because we're heading into 2021. But I was in the like the police field. And I worked with I worked at a private investigative and security firm. And I worked with a bunch of former cops. And growing up, I had wanted to be a police officer. My grandfather was a police officer. And I went to school for victimology and I, you know, even before that I was an ECE, but 
I found being in that industry, it was, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It was so reactive, right? Something bad happened. And now you're reacting to the situation and you're trying to fix the situation. And I, when I started taking my yoga teacher training, I'd been taking, I'd been doing yoga for a while before that. I found I was much more responsive, right? We were taking care of ourselves a little better, bit better. We're doing a little bit more self-care. And for me, that's what I was like, I want to give people the tools so that they don't need to be in a state of reaction consistently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, the nurses that are in the hospital that are at the bedside, I have have an incredible respect for it because it's a job like it's draining like you are there to take care of someone whether or not you're having a good or bad day and like you're always showing up for others and I think it's so important like as professionals in the front lines or nursing police like all of that that we find ways to take care of ourselves um, and that's going to look different for everyone right no that's so good and it's I I I appreciate exactly what you're saying. It's, it's very hard. I don't know anyone personally who's been in the nursing field within my family, but I've been, you know, I, I've talked about this openly on the podcast where I just had an aunt who passed away and she was sick for a very long time. Like it's, it's one of those things. Now you look back and you go, it's kind of a blessing that she's gone because she just wasn't living a life. And I remember going in and like the nurses were, amazing with her and it was just like this is what you do every day and you know this person's going to pass away and you know yeah I I I can appreciate you know nurses get attached to their patients and it's you're seeing kind of the same thing and depending on what sort of you know field I guess was in nursing you're in like I know not everyone deals with geriatrics I think it's called but I just it it I commend you for going down that route and then wanting to kind of branch off and saying, I still love the aspect of nursing, but how can we take this from a more holistic approach? That's exactly it. So what was first for you? Were you, you said you did your yoga teacher training and then was it like, okay, now I want to take my Reiki or, you know, did you dabble with yoga for a little bit? It was, it's kind of a culmination of things. So um, I'm a big I'm very passionate about mental health, to put it that way. Uh, I deal with my own things. I'm pretty open about it. I was diagnosed with bipolar at the age of 18. um, And in high school, it kind of started with depression. And so that's when I found yoga, because it was just this release and this real self-care, compassionate time towards myself. And then I went off to university and I kind of lost touch with yoga. I wasn't really taking care of myself in the best way. And when I would come home, um, like I was seeing all the professionals, I was taking my medication, I was doing what I was supposed to do, but I was looking for something more. And I found Reiki and I thought, you know what, let's just try it. Screw it. Let's try it and see if it makes a difference. And my first session, I left in tears. I was sobbing. And it was the best experience of my life. And I'm like, this is like, I so am meant to do this. And so I didn't do anything with it for quite a few years. And then I got my first level attunement of Reiki, I'm going to say three or four years ago. And then I kind of never went back for my second attunement. And then I got my vinyasa certification and my restorative certification. And I thought, you know what, I really, I want to finish this. So I did 
up to my Reiki master level. So it was kind of like a culmination all at once. It was like dabble, long pause, let's fit everything into a short amount of time. (laughs) No, that's awesome though. It's, I, we joke about like anybody who's been on the podcast before and they're like a yoga teacher or they, you know, they teach yoga. We joke that it's like, you like have a sip of the Kool-Aid and then you're like drinking the Kool-Aid and you can't stop. It's like, it's funny. Like you think you're going into like yoga teacher training sometimes with the intention of teaching. Sometimes you're like, I just want to like deepen my own practice. And you like get sucked into the vortex and like you learn, (laughs) want to learn all these other things, Yeah, but it's because they're so impactful. And if you're open to it, I would love to just touch on the fact that you were or are diagnosed with bipolar. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that you're so open to this. I don't feel like a lot of people, I don't feel like a lot of people are open to talking so much about their journeys. We're definitely getting better at it, but that can be, I don't want to say like a scary diagnosis, but it's almost like, like I was diagnosed with heavy stigma. Right. Okay. Thank you. And it was like, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And sometimes when the doctors deliver that, it's kind of like a nail in the coffin. It's like, this is just how it's going to be. Like, be prepared that this is the rest of your life. And I very much fell into that trap throughout my high school years and throughout elementary school. And it wasn't until I was about 20 where I was like, I don't want, I just don't want to be this way anymore. And it's, for me, it was like a light switch. Like I just as of right now, I've completely kicked my obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a very hard thing for people to do. But what was it like for you to get that diagnosis? And then how has taking the holistic approach helped guide you on this path? So I think it's interesting. So I became symptomatic with depressive symptoms um, around the age of 16, right in the middle of high school. And it got pretty serious pretty quickly. And I felt really crappy to put it lightly. (laughs) Um, and so I ended up getting into therapy and especially at the time, and there still is, there's a stigma of taking medication to help yourself feel better that I should be able to do this on my own. But I keep seeing this meme on Instagram right now and I love it. And it's like, it's okay to use store-bought serotonin. And I love it because it's like, that's totally true. And so when I first started going, I was actually diagnosed with major depressive because my other symptoms hadn't come out yet or we hadn't talked about it. And so I was doing cognitive behavioral therapy and taking medication and I was feeling a little bit better, but I wasn't like, I'm a big believer in medication, quite honestly, but I also don't believe it's a fix all pill. Like you have to do a lot of personal work and a lot of effort to make yourself feel better and feel functional. You can't just hope this pill is going to fix it all, but it will help if that's specific to you. And then when I turned 18, I started having other symptoms like racing thoughts, speaking a mile a minute, little sleep, um, lots of energy. And we were talking about the word bipolar and quite honestly, I almost felt recognition in it. Like I was reading this description and I'm like, that's me. Like, this is, this is what I've been dealing with this whole time. And it's maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe there's something that I can actually do to help myself. So 
the diagnosis actually came as a relief to me, especially with bipolar. So many people don't get a diagnosis until much later into their adult years. And there's a real struggle not having the diagnosis. I feel because I had it, I was able to find resources to help myself. And so I did therapy. Um, I still do therapy once a month. I see a psychiatrist every three to four months just to check in. But finding this wellness, this holistic approach of this is my Western side. Yes, I'm going to see this doctor and yes, I'm going to take this medication. But what can I do to empower myself to help myself more? Because I don't want to wait every month to talk to a therapist to try and feel better. I want to talk to her, check in, learn new coping skills, and then take that and expand on it. So by doing yoga, by doing meditation, which was a game changer for me, and things like Reiki, like I really feel like I've taken some power back into my own hands. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for speaking on that. I know it's not always easy to talk about things like that, but I'm a believer that even if it changes one person's mindset into, okay, I... I also have bipolar or I'm also struggling with this and this girl found some, some relief or a lot of relief or whatever, you know what I mean? And it just gives somebody that empowering feeling to know that they too can change their life. And I've been very lucky to have people on the podcast who have talked about the duality between Western medicine and Eastern medicine. And sometimes I find in the yoga world, it's, it's a very Eastern approach, which I think is amazing, but it's kind of like, well, if you do these Western things, you're not a true quote unquote yogi, or you're not a true, you, you're not willing to let that side of you go. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> the, there was a girl who came on just recently and she talked about yeah. how now she's also on yeah. medication and it's, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not a forever thing, right? It's like, if it helps you in the moment right now, for however long, mm-hmm. why not? And keep experimenting with Eastern modalities, if you will. And, you know, sometimes people fully come off of what Western medicine, like I'm one of those people that I, it took a long time, but I'm fully off of all of my medication. And I do my yoga and I do my meditation and breath work and all of these things. And it makes a huge difference. But at the time when I was on those medications, I I needed it. Like it was like, it's that or it's suicide. Mm -hmm. So thank you for speaking on that. I think that's the thing. And I think you say very well, it's at the end of the day, every person is going to have their own journey and that's what you speak to. And so that's not just with yoga, that's with life in general. So what works for some people is not going to work for everyone. And what works for you now may not work for you later. Like it's a forever changing, evolving thing. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like we grow, right? We, we get new interests, we get new things. And, you know, sometimes people want to stay safe. And to me, that's like staying stagnant. And in order to grow, you have to try new things and be open. And it's, it's funny when you were talking about Reiki, I feel like, I don't know how we didn't connect before this because we have so much in common. When I first tried Reiki, it was one of those things. It's like, okay, let's just, let's just try it. (laughs) Like, I don't, I wasn't sure what to expect from it. I was open to it, but I was like, 
meh, like whatever happened, happened. And I always say when I had that Reiki done, it was the best night's sleep I've ever had. I feel like, like it, like it sticks in my brain as being like, that was an incredible night's sleep. It's, it's crazy what Reiki can do. Yeah. Awesome. So I initially reached out to you because I knew you were doing earlier this month or maybe even into November, like a holiday stress management. And if COVID has taught us anything, (laughs) is that a lot of us are dealing with stress (laughs) and holiday time can be very stressful in itself. And I feel like COVID was just like, let's just push the boundaries a little bit more to put it in a polite way. (laughs) (laughs) People are really dealing with stress and anxiety right now. So what made you a want to host that workshop? I think because every like every holiday season, every changing time, we are more stressed. And COVID is like you said just added this whole new layer of stress and what we may have once used to cope may not be we may not be able to use it now during lockdown season, during different zoning and whatever. And so I wanted people to understand that you're not alone. Everyone is some sort of stress and there are things that you can do to help yourself because you are in control of kind of your environment. And especially around the holidays, I think dealing with friends, family can make it even more complicated. And so I wanted to kind of give people these tools from a scientific background with the added holistic view of like things they can do that may or may not work for them, but give them kind of a variety pack of options. Yes. Awesome. And it was, it popped up on my radar and I was like, awesome. I feel like everybody could use this. So I definitely want people to check you out and everything afterwards. But if someone, you know, in your maybe opinion, because I know you have that nursing background as well as the holistic approach, what are some signs somebody can look for within themselves or maybe within, you know, immediate family members who are living with them or talking on the phone that they're maybe not coping very well right now? I think things like if more trouble sleeping. So even if you're not a great sleeper, usually if your sleeping patterns have changed, that's typically a signal that maybe you have the stress hormone cortisol, a little bit of an increase in it, whether that be insomnia or wanting to sleep longer. It's really the extremes of both losing your appetite or feeling even more hungry when you're not typically hungry, lots of racing thoughts or the inability to make a decision, the stress on making decisions, kind of hitting that fatigue, anything that you're not used to kind of coming up that's a little bit off for you can start to be a signal before you're even aware of it that your brain has kind of been working in an overdrive and needs a rest. Yay. Thank you so much for bringing that up. It's sometimes I feel like people are just I don't want to say like the world word self-aware, but maybe they just brush it off as, you know, well, this is just, you know, I've been like this since March or, Mm -hmm. you know, I, where we live, we have winter season and sometimes, you know, seasonal affective disorder 
can kick in for a lot of us. And some of us were like, but that's just the way I am in the winter Mm -hmm. time. And it's like, how do we bring to the light that it, I don't want to say like, it's not normal to feel this way, but it's, there are things that you can, yeah. And there are things that you can do to help the situation. Totally. I think the biggest thing is first recognizing that yes, this may be quote unquote normal for you, but it doesn't mean that you have to feel this way. It doesn't mean you're supposed to feel this way or that you should. And by relating to others, that's huge. Like seeing other people are feeling similar things. That's great. But that also doesn't make it how it's supposed to be. So by doing little things for yourself and like having those conversations with other people, not only do you start to help yourself, you start to help each other as a whole. Yay. Yes. Would you be willing to give some tangible tips or tricks to people who are experiencing stress and anxiety at this time? And maybe, you know, just a couple of things that they can do to help relieve some of that stress and anxiety. Yes, for sure. So the one thing, the biggest thing, and I think it's an ongoing process is setting boundaries. So even if like your holiday season this year, I celebrate Christmas, it's going to look different this year. There may be Zoom parties instead of actual in-person parties together with a long time. It's, it's okay to decline a party. It's okay to decline a dinner or lunch. It's also okay to say yes and change your mind or to leave early. Um, I'm a person that I need a certain amount of sleep. And so if the party's going past nine o'clock, I thank them so much for having me and I'm out. And that also, um, I'm going to leave. Thanks so much for having me. It's no different being on Zoom or Skype versus being in person. But if you are in person and you are seeing family, take a breather, go for a walk, offer to pick up coffee for everyone and just get out by yourself to kind of step back from maybe any emotions that are there. And honestly, worst case scenario, just go to the washroom and take a couple deep breaths and lock yourself in. Um, It may sound silly, but it is physically leaving the area that you're in that's causing the emotion is a huge way to step back and kind of regain control over some anxiety. I guess another one that I would say is plan ahead. So whether that be for work or everyday life, know when you're going to leave or click off the Zoom call. Know when your hard done time is. If you're worried about people asking you questions that you don't want to answer, come up with the answers ahead of time. Um, You can say something like, actually, I don't feel like talking about that today, but thank you for your question or thank you for your concern. Or that's not something that I usually discuss, but can't believe how cold it is. Like, can I use this as an everyday thing? Make a little list of when you're not feeling good, something that makes you feel better. So that can include a movie, baking, cooking, a walk, reading a book, listening to a song, decorating, lighting incense or candles. In that moment, if you know what makes you feel good, pull up the list and be like, okay, I'm going to do this one thing. Because when we're not feeling well, 
it's very hard for us to think of something that might make us feel better. So if you plan ahead with items or activities that make you feel good, you can literally pull up your phone, pull out your piece of paper and be like, okay, boom, this is going to make me feel good. Let's try it. Awesome. Thank you so much for bringing all those up. It's boundaries are something that I've been very much working on and it's a, it's a work in progress for me. And I'm someone who really appreciates my sleep too. It's funny because like after, if it's like this call is going like past nine o'clock, like I'm, I'm kindly bowing (laughs) out. (laughs) It's like, I'm, I've never been one of those people like who could go clubbing. Like, are you kidding? You you're clubbing at 12 (laughs) o'clock in the like midnight. Like I'm in bed at that point. Like unless this clubbing is starting at seven o'clock PM, it's not happening for me, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's, Part of me, I think we're going through something right now where we're, uh, maybe a lot of us are not experiencing that Christmas spirit that we normally do. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to jam pack our days with things to kind of get us in the mood. And that can leave us very overwhelming. And it's, you know, I think it's recognizing for most of us, maybe not all of us, depending on where you live, that Christmas is going to be, or whatever holiday season you you celebrate like you I celebrate Christmas it's going to be a little different this year Mm -hmm. and maybe that just means you know I'm used to having a Christmas dinner of like 20 people of family and this year it's going to be five of us like it's right and and that's okay right it's like trying to almost even flip the script and being like okay well you know what next year is going to be different and this year we're doing it this way so that we can help not spread the virus. And, you know, I don't want my grandmother to get sick and, you know, maybe yeah. she's that much more likely to be exposed to it if 20 of us are hanging out. Yeah. So I really appreciate those tips that you were saying and about the list of like doing things that like make you happy. It's, these are not like, they're not complicated tips. You know what I mean? Like they're very simple, but I feel yeah. like unless somebody gives us the permission to be like, it's okay to like, stop what you're doing and like, go watch a Christmas movie. It's yes. an hour and a half, right? Put you in a good yes, mood. Absolutely. Right now, it, it's very much important to take time out of your day to, I'm a big believer in self-care. Like my self-care mm-hmm. routine is like, <laughs> people are like, I don't know. Like when you have kids, things are going to change for you. I'm like, but I don't right now. So like my yep. self-care is like an hour long in the morning. <laughs> yes. But it makes me feel good, right? So it's like, Maybe you don't do a morning routine, but maybe midway throughout the day, you stop what you're doing and you read a book or you practice meditation. I would actually love to talk to you about meditation because you were saying something earlier about your, your brain was always racing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are like, that's why I can't meditate. Yeah. And you just prove them wrong. (laughs) I think I'm a big, so I actually just got certified in yoga nidra too, which is a form of meditation. It's called sleep yoga, but you don't actually go to sleep. But I find there's different tactics. Like when my brain is really in full gear, maybe I'm not sitting down for 20 minutes and listening to 
umming in the background with bells, but maybe I'm listening to a guided meditation. So I'm listening to someone's voice. I just did your money manifestation uh-huh. on YouTube and it was awesome. Thank you. Um, but I find a guided meditation, if you're listening to a voice, if you do a five minute guided meditation, you're actively listening, but you're also actively zoning in and relaxing. But even if not, I was talking to my brother-in-law and he's not into meditation, but he loves long distance runs and he'll go on these super long runs with no music and he'll just literally leave everything at home and go running. And I think there's things like that where in the moment before you're, if you don't feel ready to sit down and do like a traditional sense of meditation, find what works for you. Does taking a walk outside and focusing on your steps help you? Does eating your dinner and being mindful of what you're eating, how you're eating it, or not watching the TV during it or drinking water, how does it feel while it's going down? Is it cold? Describe it to yourself and kind of taking that mindfulness aspect of meditation and incorporating it into everyday things that you already enjoy to do and not being so hard on yourself. If you sit down to meditate for five minutes and you think of a million things in those five minutes, like you still sat down to try, you still sat down to do it. And it's not a practice where you're like, okay, I've done it three times. I should be amazing. It's literally a life process. And I still sit down to this day and I'll be in it and I'll be feeling really good. And then, and then it's like, oh my gosh, did I turn off the stove? No. Okay, cool. I'm good. And then I'll just go back into it. And it's giving yourself that like grace that you're not meant to be perfect at it. It's a process. And by practicing it, you build that strength in it just like anything else. Yes. I like all of that. Like I couldn't agree with you more about that. It's, it's, it's funny because I hear that all the time. Like, Oh, I just can't get my mind to stop, like to turn off. And I'm like, that's not the point of meditation. <laughs> but it, doesn't I also, stop. It, do, it doesn't. And it's, it helps to know that there's somebody like, like you have said, I have racing thoughts. It's like, boom, mm-hmm. see, this is somebody who is just like you, who has racing thoughts can find meditation. And it's, like you were saying, it's a practice. And I feel like people are like, it, it's not like this, you do it once and you're like, got it good. Like I can meditate whenever I want. I've been meditating for many, many years. And there's still days like you were saying where I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> like yeah. the timer went off and I didn't meditate at all. I went through a grocery list and, yeah, you know, and it's, I love experimenting with different meditations now because I'm more rehearsed in it and I I know now what what my body needs or what my mind needs in the moment but I'm a big believer of just starting with guided meditations because like you were saying Mm -hmm. it takes the guesswork out of what to do and somebody is literally telling you focus on this visualize this and Mm -hmm. I don't believe like I was taught that there's there's many modalities of meditation and there's not like it's not like if you do a guided meditation, it's not quote unquote real meditation. It's like, yes, it is. Yeah. Meditation is anything that you're just, you're focusing on one thing and Mm -hmm. it can be five minutes. It can be 20 minutes. It can be an hour. It doesn't have to be this one size fits all for meditation. I absolutely. I think there's a validation in 
if you are trying to help yourself and improve yourself and you're trying meditation, like that's perfect in itself. It doesn't matter how that looks for you. Awesome. Yes. Sorry. I know we went forward a little bit and then I wanted to really backtrack because that was like, no, that's all good. (laughs) Really popping up in my head. I'm like, "Ah, I got to speak on this. So is there any other like holiday stress relief tips that you want to give someone, whether it's like, you know, do this yoga pose or try yoga nidra, for example? I think I do. There's a few. (laughs) The one that I like is making a playlist. So like I have a bunch of yoga theme playlists on Spotify, which I'm obsessed with. And sometimes I'll do like a mini restorative flow. And with restorative, like for anyone that doesn't know, like your blood's not pumping, you're very mellow. The point of the positions is to hold the positions for a long time. And so I'll get into like a child's pose, a supported child's pose. So I'll put like a pillow underneath like my body and I'll kind of just hug the pillow and just breathe and listen to the music. I find if I'm having like an anxiety attack or I'm feeling super overwhelmed and I just need to like stop getting into this position is really comforting and then having the music on it and just focusing all of a sudden you're taking care of yourself. You're spending you're investing in yourself to take that time to slow down and stop so if you are out in public it might be hard to get on the floor and hug a pillow but if you're at home or anything like that just take like five minutes and try child's pose you can find a ton of them on youtube um if you google it like supported child's pose you'll see um But anything kind of restorative base, I think, is huge. Um, And finding a yoga nidra is great. If you have like 30 minutes, even if you do it right before bed, I'm totally okay with people falling asleep during it. It's quite an experience that you really just, every time that I've practiced it, I feel lighter afterwards. I feel like this weight has been lifted off and I'm super ready to take a nap. So child's pose and yoga nidra yeah i think would be my check too awesome yeah child's pose is amazing it's like one of those poses that's like super underrated and yeah for the last few months i've been doing like these tutorials online and when i do the child's pose i always like i get so zenned out doing it it's like oh yeah <laughs> gotta come oh, yeah. gotta come up and move on with the rest of the tutorials like i always feel they're like oh i just like zoned out there it's it's so, so good. It's so therapeutic. I know we're not supposed to use that word, but it's so therapeutic, <laughs> therapeutic for the yeah. body and the mind. Yeah. And yoga nidra is, you're rehearsing it, you're trained in it, so you can quote me if I'm wrong, but it's something like if you do 30 minutes of yoga nidra, it's an equivalent of four hours of like sleep or something. So for anyone who's like, has insomnia like maybe you stop throughout your day and you do 30 minutes of yoga nidra i know it sounds like a lot of time but within five minutes you'll be so quickly yeah (laughs) you'll be so like so zoned out within five minutes and i think it's like just taking that time for yourself and like allowing yourself that grace that like you know what i didn't sleep well last night let me just try this and see if it works for you and like especially because so many more people are working from home too. We feel like we have to be productive 
for a full eight hours. And I read this article a little while ago and it was like, when you're at work, you're not sitting at your desk for solid eight hours, not moving in your computer. But for whatever reason, we feel like now that we're working from home or from a different setup, that we have to be more productive than if we were at work. And it's like, if you have a half hour lunch break or that flexibility, try try a short version, try a, try a child's pose, try a little restorative session for 15 minutes and see how you feel afterwards. And you're allowed to do that in your middle of the day. Like, that's okay. Yay. Yes. Yeah. I'm a big believer in like, it's, I know most of us have to follow this eight hour workday mm-hmm. rule, but I'm like, man, if you get to like work from home, like why not take, <laughs> you know, it's, I forget, there was another study that came out and said like, even when we worked in corporate office, like most of us only did like four hours or five hours worth of work. The rest of the time was spent like walking around or like conversing with our coworkers or going to the kitchen and doing all these things. And it's like, break your day up like that. Like do half an hour of work, get up and go, you know, go to the bathroom, let your dog out, make a cup of tea, do something like it's, it would be nice. I, I hope we get to the point and I know if you work in a traditional setting, like I know as an entrepreneur, we have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to this, but it would be awesome if it's like, even if you had to work eight hours, it's like, but you get to make your eight hours. So if you want to work for four and then take two hours off while you have a shower, recharge, go to yoga flow, then come back. Like it, I don't think it should be a nine to five. It should be whatever like, yes. however, if you want to work, if some people work, re- like if somebody wants to like plow through eight hours from seven o'clock in the morning, I know people that were like that. They'd be like, the earlier I can get in, the better. Like I yes. want to work from like six to like two o'clock in the afternoon. And then I want the rest of the day off. It's like, I like my sleep. I want to sleep in past six o'clock, but if that works for you. <laughs> yeah. So when I worked retail, that was me. I wanted the position where I was at work by six and out by two. <laughs> oh no. See, I'm like, is there a position that's like <laughs> 11 to one o'clock with an hour lunch break? <laughs> that sounds ideal. <laughs> is there a two hour period here? Like, it's funny. I've been talking so much lately about human design and it's, I found out that I was a projector and like they work really well for four to six hours of work a day. I'm like, see, this wasn't just me. Like, that's me. I can work yeah. really well for four hours. How come this isn't a thing? <laughs> so the, my little tangent, <laughs> is there anything that you do throughout the day to incorporate self-care into your daily ritual? I know you do a lot of things and I know you're you're an entrepreneur, you're running your own business, but what does like a self-care ritual look like for you? I think it looks a little bit different uh, every day, depending on how I'm feeling that day. So sometimes it includes a walk. It almost always includes a cup of coffee. And like over the holiday season, my kind of splurge for self-care was I bought some Starbucks holiday blend. And so in the morning, if I'm needing like an extra special pick me up, I'll like brew my cup of coffee with this holiday brand and I'll put on a Christmas and evergreen candle and I'll just be like transported to my Christmas happiness. And I love it. Another way is 
I love my Oracle cards, my angel cards, my tarot cards. So if I'm looking for like a little pick me up, I just actually got these affirmation cards. I did it for the first time this morning and it's literally an affirmation for the day. And it made me super excited. So like this morning I was excited to wake up and pull my affirmation card. So that kind of stuff really, um, sets me up for success because I feel really good and I feel really loved and supported. Sometimes if I'm feeling really crappy, it's a 20 minute lie down on the couch in the afternoon to recharge and kind of just let myself completely shut down, like no phone, no TV, just kind of relaxing and unplugging and seeing how I feel after that. So it's really day to day. It's different and making sure I'm eating properly, uh, I have a tendency to not be hungry, then skipping breakfast and then eating a late lunch and then all of a sudden being overly hungry. Uh, So that's the biggest thing I've been focusing on lately is proper nutrition, really valuing my meals and being mindful with what I'm putting in my body and how it's making me feel. Yeah, I'm so glad you touched on nutrition because it's It's so important. I think a lot of people don't recognize how important it is. Like most of us know like exercise is like super important to do throughout the day and sleeping well, whether or not we actually sleep well, we, I feel like we know it's important to sleep well, but nutrition is one of those things that I think, I don't know, it goes, it goes super underrated and I'm not somebody who follows a I personally don't really believe in diets like a Mm one-size diet fits all for people I feel like you have to do what's best for you Mm -hmm. but I'm I feel like I'm much more mindful in the winter time of what I eat because I know I really I'm really affected by the seasons right winter really really affects me I get the winter blues so like I'm always trying to like incorporate more citrus and more vitamin d's into my diet in the winter time because I'm not getting sunlight so much Mm -hmm. is there anything like like a food or like a supplement that you've been taking that you've noticed a really big difference actually so I wouldn't say a food more so so my husband went completely vegetarian at the beginning of this year because he felt better on it significantly. And at the end of last year, uh, I found out I was gluten and dairy intolerant. So I was having a lot of issues and my doctor's like, why don't you just try to cut this out and see like, um, but that's also caused for a lot more food prep. So I actually find, and I know it can be a little controversial, but I find the more plant-based I am, the better I feel just for me personally and for my husband personally, it seems to make us feel better, not as hard to process the food, not as many stomach issues or things like that. Um, So the biggest thing that I've been focusing on is having fun with the meals that I'm making. I'm huge into Pinterest right now. (laughs) Um, And so just kind of being mindful of not just vegetarian though, like not just eating like technically chips can be vegetarian and all these things, but like doing nutrition dense foods. So I just found a pet recipe to use like nutritional yeast and I'm obsessed with tofu right now, which I never thought I would say a couple of years ago, but things like that. And with the winter months, I definitely am affected by the darker days too. 
So I'm a huge believer in the light therapy, the happy light. I swear by it. I tell everyone about it. Um, so that's something for winter specifically that I think is beneficial to everyone, whether you deal with seasonal affective or not. I think everyone can benefit from a little extra light in the winter, especially in countries like Canada where we get heavy snow and dark days. Somebody else literally just mentioned like yeah. the, the red light therapy or the happy light. And I feel like I am writing it down right now because <laughs> I feel yeah. like I, I need it. Directions are on the box, but you pretty much like you, if you're doing computer work in the morning, you set it up you sit beside it, you do your stuff on the computer and you sit there for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And it's like, it's so simple. It's surprising how effective it is. Yeah. Somebody like, there's like an influencer that I love online and her and her husband do like, they have like the red light therapy, Mm -hmm. but they have like a room of it. It's like a body light. Like it's huge. And I'm like, that's what I need. I need to like meditate. That's what I mean. I mean, I know even the smaller one would make such a difference, yes, but, but totally. Like, Whoo, that looks amazing. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you really want listeners to know about or to consider or another tip or trick for, you know, it, it, we keep saying the holiday season, but even in general right now? I think the biggest thing that I always just like want to leave people with and for them to know is it's okay not to feel your best. It's okay not to feel productive. And sometimes you don't feel like a good friend or a good daughter or son or husband, partner, whatever. That's allowed. That's okay. And that's completely valid. You don't need to feel a hundred percent all of the time. You need to do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And however that for you it doesn't need to look like your neighbor's self-care how you feel is how you feel and regardless of anyone telling you that it's okay to feel that way like you have to know that it is and it always will be how you feel is always how you feel and you are valid in that alone yeah we don't need people who are telling us it's not okay to feel that way or no yeah no get rid of those people nobody needs that (laughs) (laughs) you don't need that like you get to be you and however you are like that's beautiful yes yeah and sometimes it's okay to like netflix there was a day like last week where i watched pretty little liars for like five hours straight it was amazing right (laughs) i never do anything like that i was like this is awesome i'm like living my best life right now so (laughs) my goal is to sleep until 11 one day i slept until 10 30 the other day but and it's not covid because people are going to be like oh my god are you sick it was (laughs) i was just like feeling a little under the weather and it was like i slept until 10 30 and immediately i was like oh my god i cannot believe i slept until that guilt so much and it was so like, that's yes. So that's what I should say. I want to sleep until eleven and not feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it was like immediately. It was like well, and my husband was like, "You obviously needed it. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. You don't have a job to go to. It's not like your boss is going to fire you. Like, mm-hmm. just be okay with the fact that you slept until till ten thirty. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Love stop it. feeling guilty about things that you need right now. Yes, that's exactly it. 
So before I send everybody your way to check out your offerings and to connect with you, we have something that's called the bonus round. And it's just five fun questions to get to know you in a lighthearted way. Love it. Are you super pumped? So pumped. (laughs) (laughs) Question number one is, what is a podcast, book, or resource that has brought you value and you want to share with the audience? So other than you, I would say the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast, Mm. Um, but not just for yoga teachers. What she talks about is so eye-opening. Like, yes, she talks about the business side of yoga and specifically for yoga teachers, but there are certain podcasts that are just general knowledge for everyone. She really, she takes people's concerns and she dives into the spiritual side of it as well as the practical side. And so I find when I listen to her, I almost always leave a little bit more knowledgeable, a little bit more expansive on what I need to know. Yes. And first of all, thank you so much for that. The second, well, that's, I I know I'm going to say her name wrong. I think that's Mado Hasanik. Yes. I was going to say her name wrong too. So I'm happy you said it. (laughs) So apologize, Mado. If, uh, (laughs) If we're getting your name wrong, but yes, the yoga teacher resource. Awesome. I'm so happy you brought that one up. Question number two is who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? Ooh, that's a good one. I have a combination. I feel like I follow a lot of women in the holistic community. Any, so I don't have a specific one. I would say, but the women that are really going after what they want and being unapologetically themselves, like that fires me up. Cause it's like, look at this woman go like, what a badass. She's awesome. And she's being true to herself. And so just following that, like, that's what I try to fill my Instagram feed with rather than just comparison of like other things. Because when I see someone else thriving and doing what they love, I'm like, that's like, I can do that too. That's what I want to do. So I think kind of just looking around the community and finding these positive beacon of light, that's kind of what I look up to. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy you brought that up. Do you know who, sorry, I'm going to take you off on a tangent. Do you know who Glennon Glennon Doyle is? No, but I should, I feel. Oh, okay. So she wrote the book Untamed. Okay. She's been making like, her book launched this year I feel like she planned it very well like it came out right at the start of COVID and everybody started ordering her book but I just listened to her on a podcast and she was saying how again this is not a blanket statement but in general a lot of women have trouble with seeing other confident women it's like we just don't like them and it's like it's funny because I was thinking I'm like am I like that and I'm like yeah I've been judgmental before about people and it's like I think it's because we want to be that way. Mm-hmm. So I've been very mindful about the people I consume too. And I'm like, I've been trying very hard to follow very confident women and not arrogant, but just totally. confident. Yes. And like, I love when you see other women supporting women. I think that's like my biggest thing. It's like, not only are you confident, but you're confident enough to try to bring other people up with you. And I think we all need that. Mm-hmm. So when you surround yourself with it, even on Instagram, like 
I'm a big believer that that does go into your subconscious that like that is something that then you strive towards, right? Yay. Yes. Oh, love it. Question number three, what are you grateful for today? My dog barking as you <laughs> asked that question. Hi. Um, <laughs> um, I am grateful for today. I guess I'll do a basic. I'm grateful for a warm house after the snowfall we just had. I'm grateful for getting to do this podcast with you and these kind of opportunities um, and meeting new people that it turns out you have a lot in common with. Um, and I am grateful for my cup of coffee this morning. It was a quite a nice cup of coffee. Yay. Yes. And sometimes it's the little things, right? That mm -hmm. were just like the coffee. It's like the fact yes. that I had coffee at home. <laughs> yes. I'm so curious about this. And mm -hmm. I have something that's coming up for me. So I'm going to wait and see what you answer. But what is your spirit animal? Oh, I've actually, it's interesting. I have been really connecting since my yoga teacher training with a buck. I see Ooh. them everywhere. Yes, I see them everywhere in any readings I've done with friends or any meditations. So a buck, I would definitely say is my spirit animal. Oh, okay. I just had a girl on the podcast who talked about spirit animals. So you have to, I have to connect you with her because she's amazing. And it's so funny because she was bringing up like deers a lot during our podcast and that yeah. you're talking about it. So See? yes. Awesome. Have you looked up like the, I know. And she even said, she's like, don't look up the meaning right away. Like, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I have looked it up and I can't remember off of the top of my head, but it was something that definitely resonated with me. Nice. So it was pretty cool. Cool. Awesome. And my final question for you is what is your favorite form of self-care to practice? Ooh, that's a good one. I have so many and it <laughs> really, it really does change. I think like my most indulgent one is an Epsom salt bath. That's like, if I have the time and I'm really like looking for some real TLC, some Epsom salts and a hot bath, like I'm in, I'm done for the night. Put me to bed. Seriously. My last house had an incredible, like freestanding tub and I don't have a tub where I am right now. And I'm like, I don't care about the rest of the house. My next house has <laughs> to have a bath. If nothing else. Yeah can't do a tub I will literally put my essential oils in my shower mm, so good yeah I like throw eucalyptus up the side but there's something about a bath I love it oh. yeah I I was trying to make you feel better but yeah oh so good Emma this has been such a fun conversation let everybody know where they can connect with you if you've got any more workshops coming up where can people find you so on Facebook and on Instagram, it's the same. It's at Prana Rising Wellness. So it's P-R-A-N-A, -A, Rising Wellness. Um, and then my website, I just redid, and I'm super proud of it, um, is pranarisingwellness.ca. So it's pretty much the same across all the boards. Awesome. I will make sure all of that is linked in the show notes and that people can connect with you right from there. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a five-star rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and truly does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media, take a screenshot of this episode, tag our guest, tag me, and hashtag the show, hashtag BYL podcast, share it out on your Instagram stories so that we can share it out on ours, and I will make sure to slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next Monday, everyone, I can't wait to see you then. Namaste.